Welcome to the Soul Traveler Podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul. Hello, Soul Travelers. Welcome back to another episode. I have a very special guest here today. I am speaking with Doug Evans, who is a health pioneer and author of the national bestseller, The Sprout Book. Welcome to the show, Doug. Oh, so glad to be here, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to our conversation ever since actually I heard you on the Digital Social Hour podcast with our mutual friend, Sean Kelly. I knew that I had to have you on the show. So thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. So where would you like to begin? I would love to just dive in. I want to know about what you do, what you're passionate about, but I'd love to start with how did you get started and with Sprout? So I got started with Sprouts over 30 years ago. In New York City, I was at the Union Square Farmer's Market. And as I was walking through the market, I was looking at apples and homemade applesauce and various greens. And there was one guy who was selling trays of wheatgrass and sprouts Mm -hmm. and then selling shots of wheatgrass. And when my eyes tuned in to the green of the the wheatgrass and the sprouts, I felt energetically called to them. And literally I started growing my own 30 years ago because it made so much sense to me that I could grow my own food. Like it was a miracle, like, oh, you could grow your own food. It was simple. And so for 30 years, I was growing my own sprouts. Wow. But only about six years ago now, that I moved to the desert. I moved to a little town called Wonder Valley that's near Joshua Tree, that I realized I was in a food desert and that I didn't have access Mm -hmm. to health food stores or farmer's markets. Like Mm -hmm. I was literally, for the first time in my life, experiencing food scarcity issues, like limitations around where food was. And so at that point, I, I just asked the universe, you know, what could I do? And the universe is like, oh, well, you know how to sprout. Why don't you just grow, grow sprouts? Why don't you eat sprouts? And so without thinking twice, I started to up my sprout game. And within one month, I had six jars going, like six glass jars going with in one cubic foot. And I was growing thousands of calories a day of sprouts. That's amazing. It was like over the moon. Like I was able to grow like thousands of calories a day. And so within a month, I was basically living on sprouts. And that was so transformative for me that I decided to write the sprout book because I felt other people would benefit if they knew what I knew about sprouts and I was committed to doing the work, to understanding the nuance. Like when you think about the plant kingdom, there's there's a lot of different plants. There's a lot of vegetables, you know, similar. There's probably much more differentiation in the plant world there is in the dog world. But if you think about you got a chihuahua on one extreme and a great Dane on the other, 
right? With plants, you've got infinite varieties. So I wanted to understand how could you get the best results from the widest variety of sprouts. And I kept all of my journals and all of my logs and all of my techniques and all of my successes. And then I felt foundational that, that there was a book there. And then I was a little concerned that maybe I was hallucinating, right? And that I was in a mirage, that this was too good to be true. So I, I reached out to the top medical professionals in the country, Dr. Dean Ornish, Dr. Joel Kahn, Dr. Josh Axe, Dr. Joel Furman, and Dr. Alan Goldhammer, like these incredible people that had, you know, some of them were plant-based, Mm -hmm. Some of them, like Mark Hyman was functional medicine. Right. Josh Axe wrote the keto book. So these were people that had a diverse set of ideologies and methodologies. The thing that they all had in common is that they all loved sprouts. Wow. And the love that they had for sprouts and the reason why they love sprouts gave me the confidence to go to New York, I pitched one of the largest publishers in the world as a first-time author, right, without experience, first-time author, and they bought my book, and then I wrote the Sprout book, and the Sprout book became the number one best-selling vegetarian book, vegan book on Amazon. Out of over 4 million books on Amazon, the Sprout book broke into the top 100 books of all books on Amazon. That is just incredible. That's amazing. So, Doug, why sprouts versus actually you know, growing the vegetable and, and eating, like, for instance, like we think of broccoli. Why not the broccoli? Why the sprout? What's the difference and does the body process it different? Well, for one, if you want to buy broccoli, right, and I was just in the Whole Foods like last week, you can buy organic broccoli mm -hmm. for $2.00. $2.49 a pound. We have no idea how old that is. Right. Right. Could have been a week old, two weeks old. We don't know. Out of that two and a half pounds, your problem, out of the two and a half dollars a pound, mm -hmm. you're only eating the floret. Like people aren't eating the thick stem and the, no. the trunk. So you're eating half. So it means the effective cost per pound is probably over $5 a pound. Yeah. Right. And you have to buy that with sprouts. You can grow your own sprouts for pennies a serving. Like you get two tablespoons or four tablespoons of seeds. You put them in the jar and then it will grow into six cups of sprouts in a few days. That's amazing. So if you think about, you know, a there's an economic reason for it. Mm -hmm. B, there's a freshness um, reason for it. Like when you're growing your own sprouts, you're like eating a fresh harvest every single time. Really powerful, like doing that. The third, and this is kind of mind boggling, the sprout version of the vegetable is 20 to 100 times more nutrient dense than the big vegetable. So you're getting actually a better product. The fourth is that when you're eating the, any vegetable that's in the market, 
it's cut away from the root system. Mm -hmm. Like you're eating part of this food. When you're eating the sprout, you're eating the entire plant organism, the root, the shoot, the endosperm, the embryo, the testa, you're eating this entire living organism. And that's really powerful, right? right? Because it's alive and it's growing, things are either growing or dying or dead, right? And most things that are in the grocery store are dead, which is why they're using additives, preservatives, pasteurization, baking, cooking, frying, MSG, food coloring, like all this stuff. And for me, for 25 plus years, I eat fresh. Like my, I'm a, like we're alive. I want to eat things that are fresh. Mm -hmm. And so sprouts became the easiest way for me to grow fresh vegetables. And Jennifer, check this out. You can grow these vegetables in days. To grow normal broccoli in the ground is six months. Mm -hmm. And you got to worry about critters. You got to worry about pests. You got to worry about water and fertilizer. So environmentally, that you are using one fraction, like probably 1% of the water requirements to grow sprouts than to grow mature vegetables. So I think that's what I liked about the sprouts. That's, I mean, there's so much there. There's so many benefits and so many reasons. And you touched a little bit about you know, the grocery store and foods. My intuition just tells me really to stay away from the grocery stores. I, I walk down the aisles, everything is packaged, processed. We have ingredients we can't even pronounce. And I wonder how fresh the food really is. Like, to your point, is it weeks? Is it months old? Like, how old is are the vegetables? So in regards to getting organic food, I've noticed that it's harder and harder to become organic certified lately, not to get political or anything. But where, if somebody wants to grow seeds, where can they find a good source for truly organic seeds? Like, how do we know? Where do we get them from? Yeah. I mean, I've been working on this project for five years, yeah. like professionally, full time. And the most trusted source that I will stand behind for the seeds being organic, tested for pathogens, mm -hmm tested for high germination rate is from the sprouting company. Okay. So just the sproutingcompany.com, mm. US based seeds and, you know, guaranteed. So that's what I would recommend for it. And when you think about it, you can buy seeds anywhere, right? And yeah. if you're in a pinch, you can buy seeds even in a bulk bin, mm -hmm. you know, in the health food store. True. Um, but there's like with many things, there's grades of quality, right? So you want to get the top shelf of the seeds, which are handled and nurtured for this high germination rate. Because if you're planting seeds and they go in the ground and some germinate, some don't, doesn't matter because mm. you're in the soil. But if you're looking at prospectively eating 100% of the crop, you want to get this high germination rate. And so... There's other environmental toxins. So one of the other things that they're doing there is they're testing the seeds for glyphosate residue. So no Roundup, so chemical free. 
So just more testing yeah. just to make sure, because I'd rather do testing than treating. Yeah, that's always a concern of mine too. I see seeds and I'm like, how do I know if these are organic? And so in regards to growing the sprouts, does do the seeds need to be fully submerged or do they need to be damped? Like what is the process of actually growing them in, and you had the glass container that you showed. What is like, the process? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I wrote a whole book on the topic, but I'll give you the uh, Reader's Digest notes now. Basically, you want to soak the seeds Mm. immerse them in water for, you know, on average overnight, right? Could be as little as five hours, shouldn't be more than 12 hours, soak them overnight. Mm -hmm. Then you want to rinse them. And then you want to have something that has like a filter so you can strain out the extra water. I like this filter from the sprouting company because it's stainless steel. It's Mm -hmm. easy to clean. Mm -hmm. And then you know, then you want to be able to strain the extra water and leave the seeds in the stand and have like a little drip tray here. So they go. So basically the protocol is you soak the seeds overnight, then you strain off the water and then you rinse them twice a day. And depending on the variety, some could be as little as three days and some could be five days. Some could be seven days. The fact that you could grow these without soil, without sunshine, without fertilizer or any exogenous sources makes it really just a miracle. Mm -hmm. Like this is a miracle. Like you're eating living foods in this, you know, powerful fashion, really a miracle. And it's really important also to know about this information, especially now in these days. I mean, food shortages can happen. I mean, look, look, you know, when we just went through the pandemic and there was a little scarcity and people were nervous. And so it's good to know that we can actually grow our own food that's nutrient, you know, full of nutrients and essential vitamins that we need without having to wait for months. A hundred percent. I mean, this is the breakthrough stuff. Like, you know, during the pandemic, I had... 150 pounds of sprouting seeds. So I wasn't worried about anything. Yeah. Like I had like six months supply of organic vegetables that I could grow every day. So I felt really excited about that. And I think more and more people can be kind of clued in, turned on to being aware and being in control and being sovereign, you know, is the future. Mm-hmm. Now, Doug, can we do and eat sprouts from any seed or are there certain seeds particularly, like let's say a tomato? I know it's different than can you grow and eat the sprouts of a tomato versus... At, yeah, I think the thing is if you look at it, an average tomato, mm-hmm. it might have about 60 or 70 seeds. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to, all the tomato seeds are sproutable, right? Yeah. You could soak, but you're not going to get the same amount you know, of the varietals. So tomatoes grow on a vine. Those seeds are designed to grow other vines of tomatoes and they replicate. If you think about like a broccoli seed will grow into a broccoli sprout, will grow into a broccoli microgreen, will then grow into broccoli florets. If you let the broccoli florets continue to grow, the vegetable will flower. Mm-hmm. And if you let it grow past the flower, it will then fruit and then have pods. And within those pods, there'll be hundreds of more seeds. So there's this 
variety that happens. So the popular sprouting seeds are alfalfa, radish, mm -hmm. clover, broccoli, fenugreek, all sorts of peas, all sorts of lentils. Those are like what's popular today in the sprouting world. Now, could you sprout a carrot seed? Yes. Can you sprout celery seed? Yes. They don't have the same attribute in terms of volume. So it's, they're just smaller parts. So the list that I mentioned mm -hmm. are the ones that are most popular. Those are the ones that I consume almost every day. Yeah, it makes sense. Do they taste good? What do sprouts taste like? Well, here's the thing. If you are kind of coating your tongue with sugar and salt and oil, mm -hmm. you won't even taste the sprouts, right? And if, you know, food addiction is probably the most nefarious addiction of them all because you don't have to gamble, you don't have to smoke, you don't have to drink alcohol, but you have to eat. So food, because everyone has to eat, the food companies have taken advantage of that fact by manipulating the food with added salt, oil, and sugar to basically cause people to eat when they're not hungry, to overeat, because fat, sugar, and salt release the dopamine and the pleasure sensors in the brain. So the sprouts have mild flavor. Mm -hmm. And if you want to eat them, you can add a balsamic to it. You could add an oil. You can add a tomato sauce. You could add a pesto sauce. You could add a tahini sauce. You could add a vinaigrette. So whatever you add to it will actually have more flavor than the sprouts themselves. Now, I don't know if you've ever tasted Red Bull. It doesn't taste very good, mm -mm. right? But people eat drinking Red Bull because of the high concentration of the energy that they're getting, right? Kale, raw kale doesn't taste very good. But if you marinate it, you saute it, you mm -hmm. season it, all of a sudden things start to taste good. So in a framework of the sprouts, over time, people can develop a love for the sprouts to eat them on their own. Otherwise, you know, the best thing is to add them to a soup, to a salad, to a smoothie, to a sandwich, and find a way to get them in. Now, many people, and look, I've got had over 100 million views of my content, right? The things that are popular is people deciding that they're going to make wraps with them. They're going to make salads, but salads. as opposed to adding sprouts as a garnish, sprouts become the center of the plate, mm -hmm. right? And you look at singer-songwriter Mike Posner, mm -hmm. like, you know, he became raw vegan, he eats sprouts with every meal, and he's becoming shredded and alive by eating sprouts. So I think what we're going to see in 2024 is the adoption of sprouts on various menus in different places and like Sean and Wayne, when I went on their pod, they had never even thought about sprouts, right? And Not then, you know, they both sent me pictures of them eating sprouts. So I think it's an easy thing to do. And the benefits, you know, are clear, clear to, to do them. You have benefits. 
Doug, I love history. So what can you tell us about the origins of sprouting? Like the history behind it? Is this something that is new or has it been done for hundreds of years? I would say sprouting goes back to the beginning of, you know, at the big boom, right? After the big bang, like sprouting Mm -hmm. was there. All seeds need to germinate and sprout before they can grow into their counterparts. If you think about the biggest oak tree, begins with one sprouted acorn. That acorn sprout grows into an oak tree and reproduces itself with tens of thousands of acorns every year. And every one of those acorns is edible or sproutable, right? Or could grow into more. So if you think about, there have been sprouting in certain cultures, like in Japan, Mm -hmm. in China, in Korea, in India, sprouts are part of their culture. Like they're very tuned in. In America, we have this incredible capitalistically driven society where sprouts, you know, there are no national sprouting companies in the United States, right? Because sprouts have a short shelf life. They're relatively low margin. So no one's going to make a lot of money on them. So therefore, you'll find sprouts in small in supermarkets or in, in health food stores or farmers markets, but it's all going to be on a local or regional basis. You're not going to see major parts. But the history goes back. They found like alfalfa was growing in Persia, you know, thousands of years ago. Wow. And they even found seeds that were over a thousand years old, 1200 year old seeds. That's still sprouted. That's exciting. Like, That's what I wanted to know. Is like when is like the earliest recorded time where people were, you know, sprouting? That's really cool. Yeah, I think earliest recorded time is well over five thousand years ago. But there were sprouting seeds that mm-hmm. in our generation that were found that were um, deemed to be well over a thousand years old that still germinated. That's. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm fortunate enough, I get to spend the summers in Asia, and I can absolutely testify that, yes, when I go into grocery stores over there, there's tons of sprouts, all different kinds, and they're really, it is part of like their daily diet, I believe. Yeah, it's really incredible when you think about how sprouts, you know, like will be the future. Today, mm-hmm. it's just the beginning, but it will be the future. Yeah. Well, what do you see next as far as like sprouting? What are the next steps to make it like more mainstream or, you know, to get it into everyday households? Well, if you think about during World War II, approximately 40% of Americans were growing their own food. They called them victory gardens. Mm-hmm. So I think with the advent of sprouting and the accessibility and the information that's coming out, people will start to sprout on their own and I think we're going to see, you know, starting off with hundreds of thousands, which we're pretty close to right now, moving into millions or tens of millions of people growing their own sprouts. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Protein. I know it's like a big misconception, I believe, is that you have to eat meat to get protein. Hey, it's Jen Mitchell, host of the Soul Traveler podcast and your partner in leveling up your life through quantum hypnosis. I'm sure that you've heard before that all answers lie within, right? 
Well, it's true. Do you ever wonder how some people are so wildly successful and seem to achieve all of their life goals? It's because they've figured out life's secret, the power of the subconscious mind. Highly successful CEOs and entrepreneurs have used hypnosis to make their dreams a reality, and it's no longer a secret. Now you can transform your life with the power of the subconscious by using these same techniques with quantum hypnosis. Let's level up your life. Visit me online at thesoulexperiences.com and click on subconscious coaching. So talk to me a little bit about protein and are there certain sprouts that have more protein than others? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a real interesting question. I think that protein was an essential nutrient for sure, but the romancing of protein has been exaggerated to the point that Jennifer Mitchell, the soul traveler, is talking about protein only because it's been very well marketed into part of the machismo, like, oh, you got to eat your meat. You know, meat is macho. And the real question is, what I would say is like, where do you get your fiber from, right? Because we need fiber. Like every, so answering your protein question, every single seed, every single sprout contains every amino acid to form complete proteins. So I've been on a sprout-based diet for years and like I never think about protein. If I were to look at my nutrient breakdown, mm -hmm. I'm probably 80 to 90% carbohydrates, five to 10% protein and five to 10% fat. Like yeah. that's just how I'm eating. And I think that if you're eating enough vegetables, you're gonna get more than enough amino acids to get all the proteins that you need. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. My, my doctor puts a heavy emphasis on protein in the diet. And, you know, you get so much information. And sometimes it's hard to know what information to trust. And I think that a lot of people feel that way. You know, do you trust this or that? Or I think at the end of the day, you just have to go with what's best for yourself. Trust your instincts. Yeah. Well, look, I think that everyone needs to do what they feel comfortable with. Yeah. What I felt comfortable with is eating plants, eating mm -hmm. sprouts exercising, breathing good air. And then, you know, if you have any doubt, you can go get your blood work done and see yep. if you are deficient or depleted in any compound. And I think that what we're seeing is we have a much bigger uh, challenge in the United States around overeating or eating toxic processed food than we do about true deficiency of nutrients and minerals. Yeah. So that's just the world we live in. So if someone wants to be really healthy, I think that the very conservative US dietary guidelines have stated formally that a plant-based lifestyle is suitable for all ages, all genders, all people, it's complete. So yeah. there was a time when they said, oh, you needed to have milk, you needed to have meat, you need to have fish. Like now I think the research is clear. You mm -hmm. can live on plants. So on one extreme, we have 10,000 people a day dying of starvation, right? And then on the other extreme, we've got millions of people with diabetes and heart disease and obesity that are really struggling. 
And I think if they were to eat more sprouts, they would start to shift, you know, start to turn that big boat. Mm -hmm. So like my suggestion is to think about what you can eat that will be water-based, organic, colorful, nutritious, and fresh. Like that's what I want to promote is fresh things. And, you know, I see you've got the Buddha over your left shoulder, you know, really practice equanimity when you face temptations around these foods that don't meet that official criteria. And it was really interesting, Doug, is that people question, you know, something that's fresh and natural and healthy, but they don't question necessarily something that's processed or in a box. And like, I don't know if it's just programming or propaganda, but I'd like to see more people wake up and realize that the earth gives us everything that we need. And I I believe you absolutely that plant diet is best for the body, is great for the body, is healthy for the body, gives us everything that we need. It's it's also just, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, terrific. Yeah. Well, I really, I'm so grateful that you opened up this portal for Mm -hmm. us to be able to share and we can always do this again. And I encourage you, you know, get your sprouting kit and start sprouting and watch your world change. Definitely. I am excited to do that. And it's been so amazing chatting with you today. I could really chat all day with you. And it's been nice having you on the show. And I'm sure that listeners are going to find great value in our conversation as well. Can you tell listeners where they can go to find you online? And I'll, of course, link your book in the notes as well for for listeners. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm just Doug Evans, D-O-U-G-E-V-A-N-S. My book, you can sign up for my newsletter at thesproutbook.com. And I recommend if you want to get sprouting gear or equipment, go to thesproutingcompany.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Doug. It's been lovely chatting. Hey, my pleasure. You have the best weekend ever and keep up the great work, Jennifer. Thank you. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by The Soul Experience, quantum healing hypnosis. Are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing? Quantum healing hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path. In a single session, you experience past life regression, exploration between lifetimes, self-healing performed by your subconscious, release of trapped trauma, and answers to your most important life questions. Your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey. Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at thesoulexperiences.com.